Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Season 11, episode 279. I'm Adam Walker. And I'm Sanjay Parikh. And uh, we got a great episode for you today with, I think, a, a bit of AI, but certainly less of uh, the monster that we don't want to talk about. And, uh, of course, we have Weird and Wacky and Tech Rex coming up at the end. And uh, I think it's going to be an, an interesting show. We have some interesting articles that are, I mean, a bit more unusual, especially starting with this first one. So I, I'm kind of excited about the show. What yeah. do you think? I will note that um, this is spring break when we're recording this uh, yeah. for both of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, one of us is remote from their usual setup. I'm not going to tell you who that is. Uh, so if audio sounds funny, you have figured it You'll out. You'll know who so to blame. You'll know who that, to blame. That is a, so, that is yeah. a, a listener uh, yeah. Easter egg hunt. A li- uh, listener, uh, what? not discretion. Uh, what, scavenger what? hunt? Uh, I, uh, disclaimer. It's a disclaimer. Oh, it? Yeah. By the way, uh, one other thing that we should mention, um, we are on the cusp of launching a subscriber paid version of tech talk y'all as well. Um, we're going to be recording special episodes that are only going to be available for subscribers. Don't worry though, this regular episode that you're used to for the last, I don't know, what is it? Five years, forever, six years, mm-hmm. years the weekly episode is always going to be free and available. Yep. Uh, but if you want more of Adam and myself, I, I'm not sure why you would I don't want know why that. You would, um, we got it. There is going to be a paid option that you can get even more articles all throughout the week. Sometimes articles that don't actually make it into the episode that we think are mildly amusing. That's it. Um, and we'll just drop little short episodes. They might be short, you know, five, six minutes long, but uh, we'll do those. So speaking of paid options, i got to segue into our first article because it's kind of yep. perfect. So principal sends $100,000 of school funds to fake Elon Musk claims she was, quote, groomed. And uh, this is just, I mean, yeah, this is kind of a sad article. Like the principal has been trying to get Elon Musk's attention for quite some time to get him to invest in their school. Their school has a specific focus in, I think, science and technology. And then, of course, that caught the attention of fraudsters who then pretended to be Elon Musk and then had her write a check to his, quote, second in command. that was a specific person. She wrote a check that she was not even authorized to, to write for $100,000. And turns out, of course... She wrote the check to a fraudster, which is unfortunate. Uh, Now, I will say um, there were other claims in the article about how this person was particularly difficult to work with and teachers threatening to quit if she didn't quit. So uh, maybe I don't feel quite as bad that she has now resigned from the school. But still, it's always unfortunate to see a school get scammed like that. I don't understand why people think if somebody supposedly rich is going to give them money that they need money first from them. Right. right. Yeah. Like that's not the way... Things work. That's not how things work. No. Ever. No. no. Not ever. Th- That's never th- how it that works. It only works in scam world like that. Yeah. Every other place, like Bill Gates or Oprah Winfrey or whoever doesn't say like, you know, I'm about to give you this $5 million, but I need you to give me $100,000 first. Right. Yeah. They don't need the 100 k Like they're okay. They're, it's like a drop in the, it's like five bucks to them. Like they're, they don't need they're five good. bucks. They're good. They're right? all set. So. Like, yeah. I, I, wasn't there a thing yeah. like, uh, is it worth Bill Gates time to like pick up a thousand dollars off. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like, like, a, like yeah, not. This, this thought experiment. It was like, is, I think it was a hundred dollar bill. Is it worth his time to bend down the fraction of a second, pick up the hundred dollar bill, and it turned out he made more money in that fraction of a second than the hundred dollars than it would cost. Which is funny and kind of yeah. Insane. And and I, I think it, there was like some amount of money that it was like this yeah. is the amount of money that it would make sense for him to stop and and pick up right. off the sidewalk, and it, right. it was big. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. There you go. Anyway, moving on. Next up, uh, this is a fascinating one, and I think um, Ooh, I think there's yeah. some other AI ones that we're going to talk about like this, but um, and and we've kind of been talking about like, hey, this is coming. So ChatGPT mayor starts legal bid over false bribery claim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so apparently, yeah, go, go, yeah, a a, uh, a mayor in Australia said that ChatGPT. So he previously had accused a company of a fraud um and he was never accused of doing anything wrong he was not sent to jail yeah, he was a whistleblower any, he was the whistleblower yeah um chat gpt basically has mixed up all the facts and said like yeah this guy uh went to jail and he was uh wrong about doing all these things and committed fraud and all that and it's yeah. like yeah that's so the problem here i see is people we have gotten to the point now where people just implicitly trust technology and I'm not like saying people should be Luddites and, and not trust technology. But in this case, yeah, don't trust technology because you don't really understand how things are getting into this and how Mm -hmm. it's making up these answers. Right. And it's, it's making up stuff. And well, but some people are going to believe it. And sometimes even citing articles that aren't, real articles right like so right there are instances where like cited articles that don't even exist for this as well which is that that yeah. in and of itself is actually kind of terrifying that the ai would cite an article that isn't even real like doesn't that, exist that feels like that should be not happening I, I don't yeah know. So, i mean yeah. whoever's building this technology should really pretty much look at that and be like wait why why would it do that that should be a rule like don't cite right. an article that doesn't exist and i, mean, it, I feel like we up. should hold uh chat gpt and other ais to like the same rules as like i don't know college students like don't <laughs> cite fake articles like that feels like a basic premise that we should go yeah with, you know i so. you know i wonder if like libel um rules are going to get extended over ai like this as well right like yeah, maybe that that would solve this problem potentially. Be like, yeah, you can't say something libelous that's not. Well, true I mean, that's what this that's people. what this uh, lawsuit's about. I mean, yeah. he's gonna sue him for libel, uh, uh, but the defamation of his name. So is that I mean, is that the actual thing yeah. that he's suing for? Yeah, that, libel? I mean, that, yeah, okay. that's yeah, that's, that's what he's actually gonna sue for. So yeah, but uh, it's it remains to be seen if like is AI actually qualified to be sued as libel. I don't know. I mean, Maybe I, yeah, suing the company. And, and then who do you sue? Made, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's crazy. All right, so uh, speaking of crazy, and we talked about this last week, so it's appropriate to, to bring up this other nuance of the article. So Levi's use of AI models to increase diversity insights backlash. And so I think this actually kind of goes to something you said last uh, last time, which is, you know, if they wanted more diversity in their models, why not hire models of color in order to facilitate that? I mean, it's and, like those people do exist. Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> so, so I, so, so I, I have, I have a struggling, uh, like, like competing thoughts about this. Because on the one yeah. hand, I do want to see models of color and of different sizes get work. I feel like that's important, and I feel like it's important for them to be represented and to to make an income in that way. On the other hand, like a business should want to save money by using AI rather than not hiring models as well. So. Like I kind of can see both sides of this, yeah. And but but I think the bigger part is what we zeroed in on last time, which is that to me the most important thing is that people are well represented across the different models, yeah. And we're not you know body shaming or, or any other kind of shaming people. So I you know I I don't know what to think honestly. Yeah, I yeah I I think it is a little bit of a a weird slippery slope though too because 
then, you know, if you've got an AI model, there's going to be all this stuff read into that saying like, mm. wait, so they use this prompt of, I wanted a, this height, this color, this able or, or right. differently abled person that has this and has that, has that. What are you trying to say about people? Instead of being like, Hey, this is the model we picked and what they have, they have, uh, we, yeah, we haven't it, like designed that. That's just who they it's are. It's kind of the same though. Right. Cause I mean, there are presumably thousands of models that they can pick from. So they can pick pretty much anything, they any combination they want. Same thing as they, so it's almost the same. Right? Like, Maybe, but I feel like if they pick it, they could just be like, this is the person we picked yeah. versus this is the prompt we, you know, we fine tuned. Yeah, right. So I, 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 I don't know. I think there is a, a potential danger. I see the saving money side of it, but yeah. I think there's a potential danger of be like, Hey, are you trying to be, you know, to this or to that? Because of the people that you're creating for right. this versus the okay, people okay. you're hiring. Yeah, you might be right. You might it, that that might be a bit of a slippery slope. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, next up, another and everything. By the way, we should have said this at the front end. Everything before the ad breaks, all AI stuff. It's AI in the beginning. <laughs> um, universities express doubt over tool to detect AI powered plagiarism. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is interesting. So this is um, the app uh, Turnitin, uh, yep. which is widely used uh, by a lot oh. of universities to detect plagiarism. So Turnitin, if you don't know, listeners, uh, it scans the internet, has all this, uh, all the documents that are out there. Um, you can also submit, you know, students' documents from previous years, so they can have a a uh, repository of all that, and then it will try to scan and search and see if there's a similarity to previously written documents right now what they're saying is that that ai um they're they're doing the same thing for ai written uh documents as well but there was a point in this article and for some reason i can't get the article to come up for me but um there was a, a point in the article that even if there was a, a false rate of like one percent that would mean hundreds of students a year would be uh accused of plagiarism or using an ai to write their documents and that yeah. is not that is not okay well, I mean I mean, think about like these massive, you know, freshman lit classes of, you know, three or 400 people. I mean, if 1% are accused, then, you know, that's several people in that class that are going to exactly. fail that shouldn't have failed. So, I mean, that's not an acceptable margin of error at all. And the other thing about AI and, and, and plagiarism that I think is a little scary, too, is that you can also have the AIs write in a like analyze your own writing and write in a specific style, which makes it significantly more difficult yeah. to then detect. So I, I don't know that the, the the AI detection tools are going to be all that useful moving yeah. in the future. I and I'll I'll say I haven't really used um any content writing AIs yet. Yeah. Um, in any form. But I imagine if I ever do that, and and I'm sure there'll be a time when I do, um I'm not just going to be like copy paste, send it. No, uh, I'm going to go no, 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 through no, and go read through it. Edit. Yeah, for sure. And make sure that yeah. it makes sense. And oh, if sure. it's in my voice, like to you know, and and adjust it and modify it. And it's more of a um, assistance tool than it is a hey, write right. all the stuff for me. Yeah. Um, well, I it, I will tell you, like I I did this interesting experiment with AI this week that was pretty fascinating. Uh, so I had just finished the book Influenced by Robert Caldini. And I was like, you know, I, I, I want to get a summary of the book. And so I asked ChatGPT to give me a summary of the book. 
and he gave me a summary, but it was kind of a crappy summary. So I was like, well, give me a summary chapter by chapter. So then it broke it down chapter by chapter. And then I said, okay, now imagine that I'm a nonprofit and I want to use the lessons learned in each chapter to raise more funds for my nonprofit. Tell me how I would do that. And it went through chapter by chapter. And it was like, this chapter is about authority. So you could do this, 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 and this. This chapter, you know, for your nonprofit, this chapter is about reciprocity. So you could give them, send them a postcard and then ask them for a donation. And you could, I mean, it was like, it was, it was insane all of the ideas that it was giving me. It was, I mean, truly fantastic. But again, like these things begin to cater to who we are and to how we, uh, how we prompt them, making them just so much harder to, to detect. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Crazy. All right. Uh, next up, Microsoft adds Bing AI chat to SwiftKey keyboard for Android. My question is, um, is that something you would ever want to use there, Sanjay? So I do use SwiftKey. I think it's I know you a, do. a great uh, thing. I have not uh, loaded up the beta, which is how okay. you have to, uh, what you have to do to get this, uh, the Bing AI chat thing. Um, yep. I looked through the screens. I don't know if you looked at it too, but um, it's, it's interesting, but I don't think I'm going to be doing like chat searches while I'm in the middle of something else on no, my phone. not likely. That's no. weird. And then having it rewrite stuff for me, like, I don't know. I don't when know I'm why you never do stuff that. on my phone, it's nah. like short text stuff. So I don't know. It doesn't seem that useful doesn't seem that useful. Me. No, I agree. And so. I think if it gets added to the mainline one, I'm probably going to disable it because I don't want all my stuff being sent to so, Bing AI. I, I will say this. There is an argument here, though. Like, so for example, you and I, tend to default to computers for writing things. That's true. Um, my wife does not. So uh -huh. she will write a very long email on her phone and then we'll go in and edit that email on her phone and do, uh, and I'm like looking at her like, like I would never draft an email. <laughs> this. Like never, ever, ever. So like, I think different people, like there are some people where they default to their phone, even for long messages. And I think in that case, this could be an interesting use case for them. So. Yeah, that that is weird. Yeah, because you're right. I, like, I, if it's if I know it's gonna be long, even if it's a text, I don't do it because now yeah, I same. use um, Google Messages, which mm -hmm. syncs across uh, a browser tab on my computer and my phone. Right. So I can actually send SMS messages through a browser tab. And right. so if uh, so, if you ever get a long message from me. Almost assuredly, I didn't type it on my phone. <laughs> I typed it on my computer. I'm gonna ask next time. It'll be great. <laughs> Are you on your phone or your computer? Like, you're on, on a computer right now, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> I'm watching you through the binoculars. So. <laughs> but I, yeah, like, I, like I see some people that send long messages, and I'm like, man, I think you typed that on a phone, and that I yeah. don't understand how that yeah. works, right? Yeah. Even though we just talked about SwiftKey, and it's got the the little the trace writing thing. You know, yeah. like where you don't push the oh, yeah, keys, yeah, I you love just kind of yeah, it's great. Yeah, swipe or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I'm still not even good with that. Like, I don't yeah. type that fast even with that. I like I mess up. I move to the wrong key, and then it's like some other random word. And I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta delete that and redo things. So yeah, computer's the way to go for me. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay. Next up, uh, yeah. What's up next? Yeah, next up. Oops, uh, Samsung employees leaked confidential data to Chat GPT. Yeah, I saw this and tagged it this morning. I wasn't sure if we were going to get to it or not. So yeah, I just slid it in there because I saw it. I was like, a, oh, we should talk about this. Here's a friendly reminder, folks. Whatever you type into <laughs> ChatGPT is captured by ChatGPT. So 
<laughs> if you've got like some super like very if you if you you know have the knowledge of the Coke secret formula, you know, you probably should not put that in Chat GPT. I'm just saying, like, that's not a good idea. You don't want to do that. So hey Chat GPT, you know. is this a good formula for Coke? Like, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't do that. That's not you don't want to do that. That's yeah. not great. And you know, that's probably the reason why the uh secret formula is split up between like four different people. Right. Yeah, of course. So yeah. nobody so actually knows the whole put thing. It in Chat GPT. Well, but so. if all four of them do it, then I wonder if yeah. we should go to Chat GPT and say, What's the secret formula for Coke? Oh man, it's not going to know. I hope it doesn't. I, I, I will if it tell knows, you this: the world is ending. I will tell you this: I went uh, uh, someplace. We were out of town, and we went to this restaurant, and um, we had uh, avocado toast. Now I, I know I'm sounding like millennial hipsterish now. But, yeah, hipster boy, what's but up? But I'll tell you, it was excellent. I mean, okay. it tasted like the the recipe or whatever they had. So they had the ingredient, like you know what it was made of, on the menu. But of course. Not the recipe. So I went to one of the AIs, and I've honestly I've forgotten which one. And I said, and, there, and I searched first. You know, I, I went to a search and right. said recipe okay. for avocado toast at this restaurant. Right. Did not come up with anything. So I asked one of these AIs, "Hey, what's the recipe for avocado toast at this restaurant?" And it goes, "This is the recipe for avocado toast at this place." And eerily, it had all of the ingredients that is listed on the menu. And then one of the ingredients was like this lemon something or another like a dressing or something right I was like, hey what's the recipe for the lemon dressing on avocado toast at this restaurant and it said here's the recipe for the lemon dressing no and i'm like how did you know this no but i appreciate it and i'm now copied and pasted into a document yeah I'm you gonna have. Be trying that out and seeing if i think works. we need a report back and you need to let us know if it was the same. i will that's what i will need to tell yeah me. All right. Uh, next up, Netflix appears to be working to bring games to TV with the iPhone as a controller. Uh, this is pretty interesting. It's uh, some something someone found this in the source code of the yep. Netflix, uh, the Netflix, ne I guess the Netflix iOS app. And it there was a line in there that says, "Do you want to use this phone as a controller?" So <laughs> obviously, that's what they're going to be doing with it. So uh, that's kind of a cool concept, I think. It is, but also, um, okay, listen, people have been reverse uh, compiling uh, and, and like decompress, you know, like looking at source code or, or compiled binaries for a long time, figuring right. out what companies are going to, why are companies so dumb That's what to I was wondering. include stuff right. that is not released yet right. into their mainline apps? Just use apps. some fake terms like, do you want to make the giraffe red? Like, that could be your code for, do you want to use or the phone as a controller? You know? don't even include it in the app yet until it's ready to launch. All of our phones are set to auto-update. Yeah. And right. if you launch something that somebody doesn't have the update for... You can say you need to update the app. That's right. not a hard thing. Right. Updates yeah. like Netflix is not delaying their launches of stuff because of some review cycle at the app store with Apple. I'm right. sure they have a dedicated team that sure. when they oh, release yeah, no something, yeah. it's like it's instant, seconds, yeah. minutes yeah. Yeah. before it gets approved yeah. and launched on the app store. So I, I don't understand why. Like, why. I feel like this is a missed opportunity by Netflix to mess with the people that are, that are doing this research. You I, know, like I think, I, I think like so if they, I were that's in charge, what they should be doing. Yeah. Like I'd be like, I would include a text that says like, 
press button to launch rocket. You know, like something like it's like so funny that. Like just something completely. I was absurd, thinking the you know, exact like just same to, thing. Just to mess with launch them, rocket. Really uh, you know, with this move or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, uh, what's uh, what's next? Yeah, uh, yeah. This one is fascinating to me. How t- tiny, cheap smart speakers unlock the rise of digital payments in India. Oh, this was so, fascinating. So. Yeah, the, the, when you read the 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 title, it's like what, what? I don't understand what is happening here. Basically, what is happening is a lot of these people that are sellers. So, first of all, let me back up. India has moved to digital payments. Yeah. Um, under the current uh, president, they basically devalued uh, a lot of larger uh, currency notes, and the reason for that is. Uh, so there's a thing in India called black money and white money, right? So white money is like declared money. Like that's, you know, you're paying taxes and all. Black money is basically the majority of the economy there where it's like you're doing things in cash or whatever and you're not really reporting it and the government's not getting taxes and whatnot. Interesting. And so okay. that's been one of the things that has held India back as a country that they don't have access to this tax revenue that helps them upgrade infrastructure and do all of the things that they need to do. Right. So the administration said like, okay, all of a sudden they announced like, Hey, we're devalue. We're like basically making notes of this size and larger be worth zero. They are valueless. So you have to go to the bank. There was a whole issue with people run into the bank, trying to change out their notes into smaller denomination notes. Right. And so along with this, they moved into digital payments hard, like super hard, because once you're in digital payments, you can track everything, right? The government can see who's paying who for what, and then tax all of that stuff. Here's the problem. When you have illiterate people running stores, Mm. they cannot tell if they've actually gotten paid through those digital payments. And so the story here talked about uh, these, these sellers having to call their relatives and have them check and make sure that they got paid right. before the purchaser walked away from their, their store. And so right. they were taking minutes and minutes and people would get annoyed and they wouldn't be able to sell as much. So these companies figured out like, hey, let's come up with a smart speaker that reads out in different languages that these payments have been processed and are in your account. And it is such a from like the innovation side of it and like the seeing yourself in other people's shoes side of it, I think it's such a phenomenal idea. Like, I don't think I would have ever thought about this because I I'm literate, right? Like you and me, we we can read and write, right? We don't think about the, the experience of people that are not like us. Yep. And that's what I, I found so fascinating about this story. And so important about this story is that we should always be thinking about people that are not like us and the experiences that they have and what can we do and build to improve their their experience with the things that uh, are happening. That's right. I love this. I love this. Uh, speaking of things I love, uh, this next article is is kind of crazy. And if you watch, the, you got to watch the video. Like you got to go to the show notes and watch the video. So researchers built sonar glasses that track facial movements for silent communication. So so let me let me break this down because that's a that's a really confusing <laughs> title. So these are glasses, and on one on the bottom side of say the left eye there are speakers. And on the bottom side of the right eye, there are microphones. And it basically is bouncing a silent signal off of your face, off of your lips to itself and is able to determine what you're, what, what you're mouthing. So with just one minute of testing, it was, it's able, like you're able to mouth the word next 
and it'll it'll push your phone to the next song or you're able to mouth the word pause and it'll pause your phone or you're able to mouth the word stop and it'll do this you're able to mouth all kinds of like it showed an example of people just counting one two three four five six and it was able to keep up with all of the numbers that they were going through and they were doing it silently like there's not no like like it's barely a whisper coming out of their mouth so the concept of this is that it gives you the ability to control things on your smartphone in way like just just mouthing words that so you can do this in a library you can do this anywhere in the world and you'd have much more control over your smartphone than you would say you know if you have to say you know hey Siri or hey Google or you know or whatever whatever that st- stuff is so it's a really fascinating technology and a really great article uh, and, and a great video to check out for sure I, I this has so many applications like I, I started thinking about it like you think about like security people in oh, a yeah. loud music venue. Yep. Oh yeah. Like how do you tell other people when something's happening? They can't hear you over the din of stuff, but now right. with this, you could like transmit it. They could hear it in their earpiece or something and you wouldn't get the background noise of oh, yeah. like, whatever stuff is happening. Like there are so many applications of this. It is yeah. so super interesting. Listen, I mean, like think about like a game of hide and seek. Like you could just dominate in a game of hide and seek <laughs> with a team of people like this. Cause nobody be able to hear what you're saying. You could whisper all the time and just text back and forth. It'd be great. Just super dominating hide and seek. That's, that's uh, well, what's on my mind. You know, to go to the uh, more serious example of that, think about military uses of this. Oh, right? yeah, like, yeah. Like you, special ops or something like that. Like they could communicate with one another without having to see one another because oh, yeah. they use hand signals. But right. now you could actually talk to one another through an earpiece because this thing is like, you know, obviously well, you'd have to go from like, so it's going from movement to like text. To audio in an earpiece. So yeah, then to text, to, audio text to audio in an earpiece, yeah. right? right? So. Yeah. I, I will yeah. say uh, that's where the hide and seek example came from. As I, I went military first, and then I went to hide and seek. You went from hide and seek to military. That's cool. I mean, it's fine. You yeah. know, whatever. No, no yeah. big deal. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, now talking about people uh, breaking into things or something. Ooh, I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Hackers can re- o- remotely open smart garage doors across the world. Yeah, they so, can. Yeah, there's a company called Nexnexx. And they have a vulnerability in their garage door openers, which also looks like they have cameras in those garage door openers. Mm. And hackers can uh, access them from anywhere on the internet. Yeah, like apparently pretty easily too. Yeah, and they're not fixing it. Next is not, uh, they're like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. I mean, it's just your garage. So a a couple of things from this. One, uh, maybe don't, attach your garage door opener to the internet. That's too late for me. Sorry. I know. I know. It's funny because I, I saw have an your... example of why I love that, but, but keep going. Yeah. I, it's funny because I saw your, uh, your recommendation for my cue, the Chamberlain thing, uh, in yeah. the show notes at one point I was yeah. searching for something. Yeah. Um, I just saw it today. Um, the it's amazing. other, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was my other point? My, there was two points. Um, yeah, that's one. Two, well, I- Oh, good. Well, also, you know, don't buy your garage door. If you're going to do this, don't buy it from a company that's not really um, focused on that's security fringe stuff. Or that's fringe. Or that's fringe. My Chamberlain's right? so, pretty, pretty mainstream. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I would look at companies that have been around for a while in the product class that they're doing. Right. But also look at their update schedule and see if, have they released updates? Because in the last even couple of years, we've talked about um, issues around some of these IOT devices, right? Like there was the, the Wi-Fi crack, uh, exploit. Yeah. There was the Bluetooth yeah. one. Like yeah. if they're releasing patches that fix this stuff, you'll probably be okay. Right. Just make yeah. sure you keep your garage door. I can't believe I'm saying this, but garage door opener 
up to date with its firmware <laughs> updates. I mean, you got to keep that yeah. garage door opener up to date. That clicker, make, make yeah. keep that keep that bad boy up to date. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Adam? I was just gonna say uh, one one great use of of a remote garage door happened to me this week. So uh, I was uh-huh. I, I was not at my home, and my brother in law needed to get into my house, so he just texted me. And I was like, oh, hang on a sec. Let me just open my garage door for you. So I just really quickly opened the garage door for him. He got in, got what, you know, got what I needed to get. He got out, I closed the garage door. I'm good to go. So it was kind of nice to be able to, to have that flexibility. It was great. You, so. you, you don't want to do one of those little like keypad punchy things? No, I mean, I, I guess I could. The problem with the keypad punchy thing is that like uh, once you give somebody the code, you give somebody the code. I guess there are some where you can do temporary codes, but then that's a whole thing. Um, I, I don't know. I just found this was easier. So yeah. it, was, it worked out. So, so you're right, saying you uh, don't trust your brother-in-law with uh, temporary code? No, I, t- I totally do. I, t- I, t- I 100%, 100% trust him. Don't ever say anything otherwise. Uh, all right. Uh, on a uh, on a sadder note here, uh, Bob Lee, creator of Cash App and former CTO of Square, was recently stabbed to death in San Francisco. I don't really have any more details about the story. I just thought it was kind of sad to see. I mean, he was yep. 43 years old. He's in San Francisco. The, the call came in, I think, 2.30 a.m. They still don't know who did it or why. Um, but just, you know, sad to see somebody that was an innovator uh, and, you know, just taken out like that. So I just thought I would uh, tag it. and Yeah, I, you know. I saw this story when it popped up and I, I still don't know, like, what was the reason? I'm not I mean, that it makes I, I it any we, better. We don't, we don't know. I mean, they, they don't they don't know. I, my, my assumption is some kind of mugging or something like that. But I but who, yeah, who really but, knows? You know, so. It's just awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also awful, but not nearly the same. In a level. different way. Um, a scam so clever that YouTube jumps in to warn all of its users. Yeah. Uh, so this is interesting. Um, basically, somebody is using a feature that's already built into YouTube to have. E- so when I saw this, I was like, huh, how does YouTube have their email server set up? And I started digging around to understand what their setup is. Um, and first of all, the I found, only person I know that would ever do that. Well, I found it interesting. So, so they have, as, so there's two different, uh, uh, techniques that you should have set up for your domain, right? There's right. SPF and DKIM, yep. right? So uh, both of these in conjunction and then with DMARC will help secure emails being sent under your domain, right? right? Like I've got one domain, my, my main domain, uh, family domain, um, that has been, pilfered by other people and they keep sending spam under my domain. Well, mm. I've got that domain locked down now. So anybody that uses DMARC is rejecting all of those emails. Right. Um, so it's interesting. So YouTube only has SPF set up. It doesn't have DKIM set up, um, but it does have DMARC set up, which mm. I, is, is interesting because they don't have kind of the full suite. Um, and I thought maybe that was the vector of why this was happening. No, it's not. It's basically a YouTube feature uh, of sharing a video with somebody else over email. Okay. And so it gets sent as a YouTube email. And right. inside of there, they're basically putting text saying like, hey, you need to click on this. And it's a Google Drive email, no. which you're like, okay, well, Google owns YouTube. Yeah. But no, this is a a fake thing and it's a scam. So um well and and in there they're basically saying Hey, our terms have changed for this. Right. You need to click this link and download this file. And then when they download the file, it, it corrupts and, and they get infiltrated and all that other stuff. So, so, so here's just a, you know, a, a little tip. Don't ever take an email that like take the word of an email that says you need to download this file. Like, you, don't, <laughs> you don't need to ever, ever do that. So yeah. don't ever do that. Don't do that. All right. Uh, last one. 
Before Weird and Wacky, Tesla workers share images from car cameras, including, quote, scenes of intimacy. So apparently, Tesla workers have access to the camera that's inside of the Tesla vehicle. Apparently, it's anonymous, so they can't necessarily match it to a person, though they can identify the location it came from. So maybe not quite as anonymous as you might like. And apparently, they've captured various scenarios that people might not want on camera. They did specifically say in the article there was not nudity per se, uh, though then they also mentioned that there was a guy that walked up to his Tesla uh, not clothed. So I don't really know what that means exactly. But <laughs> um, but anyway, it, I, it, it just seems sketchy to me. That's that's it. It's just sketchy. Yeah. That's what it is. So, the, so they're doing this and you've apparently opted into this mm-hmm. um, yeah. to be able to tag and analyze stuff. I don't understand why that's included. The camera, are there cameras inside of the car? I don't. I mean, apparently there are because that seems unnecessary. But But outside too. So when your car is parked at your house and charging, they're still recording and taking that video, so they can Mm -hmm. see everything that's inside of your garage. And uh, so apparently, one person, and I'm not sure why you would do this, walked up to their vehicle completely naked, and they had video of that. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it was parked inside of a closed garage. That's what I've got to assume. I mean, but why? Why, why you do that? Naked I don't. I don't, in the I, don't, I don't have any clue about that. But you leave I, your you know. underwear in the car. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening with that. But I, <laughs> that's probably I what can, it was. I could probably that. I yeah. mean, because like, what if his garage door opener was a next, and then somebody opened it from so across true. the world, and then yeah. he's in the buff in the garage, and then you get arrested for you know indecent exposure. Yeah, and he'd be like, I was in my garage, and it just opened on its own. <laughs> nobody's gonna believe that. Automagically. <laughs> Time for the weird and wacky segment. Abominable snowman. Oh, not an axe murderer. One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. Okay, folks, uh, we got one for you for Weird and Wacky. And this actually harkens back to uh, a story we talked about a long time ago, too, I think. But Texas Dad says glitch in Find My iPhone app directs angry strangers at his home. Um, So this is like the IP location thing that I think we talked about a long, long time ago where somebody in, I think it was in Texas, too, um, was saying that it was like the default location and people were showing up at their place. Right. Uh, for this. So I don't know yeah. if this is related to that story or not, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, it's, it's, too bad. I mean, basically when people like look for their iPhone, there's this glitch. It takes him, it says the iPhone's at his house. And so they're ringing his doorbell like all day and night, like over and over again. And then he has to explain to these people, no, I don't have your iPhone. It's a glitch in the software. I'm trying to work with that. But this, apparently this guy's also a software engineer. So, I mean, it's not like he doesn't understand how these things work or, or you know, vaguely how these things work. And uh, and he's kind of afraid that like some irate person is going to come and possibly you know harm him or his kids or something. So, um, it's kind of a big deal. Apparently, he has not gotten any response from Apple about this either, which is disconcerting. So yeah, that's um, not a not great a, thing. Like yeah. you know, all of these things we talked earlier about ChatGPT making up like you know if you're developing high tech software, like you need to be responsive for when it does yeah things that. Put people are in danger. Causing issues for people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Saying bad things about them or whatever it is. Tech wreck, tech wreck. Time to get your tech wreck. Tech, 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 tech wreck. Chicky, chicky. Tech wreck. Time to get your tech wreck. Okay, Adam, it is tech wreck time. The favorite time of the week. What do you got for us this week? 
So uh, this one came from uh, from our friend Mickey uh, Arita's blog. He does a, a daily blog, which is just insane. And uh, he talked about values recently on one of his blog posts, and he linked to this human values test. And so it, it just kind of walks through this 40-question test so you can sort of better understand what your values are as a human being and how those values, sort of like different values sort of can be... Uh, not not in opposition to one another, but sort of almost opposite of each other. So I have not actually done the test yet, but I was intrigued by it. Uh, Mickey and his blog post shared his own sort of value wheel. It's, it shows it kind of as a wheel. And it was really interesting to sort of see what he values. And it, sort, it certainly matches up with what I know about his personality. So uh, I'm going to take the test in the near future and, and just kind of see what it what it tells me, teaches me about myself. And I just think there's a lot of interesting things you can learn about this about yourself from this sort of thing. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it looks like it's 40 questions, and I already yeah. started taking it while you were. I was so, gonna, <laughs> I'm I'm so boring that uh, you were able to get through four no, questions in the time that it took me to describe why I'm sharing this particular. The, the tech wreck was that interesting that I was like, there oh, I go. gotta, I gotta start doing this. I'm gonna I'm do gonna it right to, now. I gotta do it right I'm gonna, now. I'm gonna have to finish this up after after we're done recording here. <laughs> All right, Sanjay, so what's your tech wreck for this week? So uh, this week I've got, uh, you know, we're, we're coming upon the travel season. Uh, people are going to want to be flying and you got to figure out how to do that in the most effective way. Or maybe you don't know where you want to go. So check out Google Flights. Um, it is a great way to scan and search and figure out what flights might be available for you, what they cost and scan across different carriers, um, as well as try to do like, you know, funky things where. You like hop between cities and yeah. have layovers in places that uh, yeah. that get you time in cities that uh, basically are free stops, uh, yep. kind of along the way. Well, and doesn't it also do like alerts too, like price alerts via it email? Does. And things like that? Yeah, like, I love I love the alerts. There was a a previous survey. Was it Hipmunk? I think Hipmunk used to do this. Okay, uh, and used to do it really well, but they kind of went away. Um, mm. I think Hipmunk is still around, but it doesn't do the alerts as well. So yeah, Google Flights will do alerts. So if you've got a path that you want to go on a certain time frame or a certain day. Um, you can have it tell you when the price is dropping or when it thinks it's going to go up um, and then make sure that you buy at that point. Um, yeah. The other thing to know about, uh, you know, a lot of what has happened now in kind of the flights and because of COVID is that most airlines now allow you to rebook for free, like change your flights and not do a change fee. Um, so if you've got a flight that changes in cost and goes down, you could rebook for the f same flight and then recoup the difference in cost as a credit. You're not going to uh, get no the cash idea. back. Yeah. So that's another reason to use Google Flights alerts, because if the price does happen to go down on the flight before you travel, then you could rebook, get that same flight, and then actually get a credit that you can use on a future flight uh, within the next year. So, you know, nice. it's not like you get the money back, but hey, at least a future flight is going to be a little cheaper. That's the that's the jam, a little cheaper. All right, Sanjay, how can our listeners find and connect with you? They can find me on my website, sanjaypark.com, or on LinkedIn, Sanjay Park. You can find me there and follow me. And every now and again, I kind of post. It's kind of socially media, but not really, but sort of. Yeah, yeah there you same. Go. What about you, Adam? Where can we find you? Just go to adamjwalker.com. Sign up for my newsletter. I try to send one out every week, and hopefully, it's decent. I think it's decent. People like it. People like. It. I get a. Lot, I get a good open rate. It's a. It's Gosh a solid, darn it! People like rate. it. They do. I mean, I got like a thirty-two percent open rate on my email. I feel like that's a pretty high percentage. So, um, you know, it's not too bad. People can find you at the beach too. <laughs> if you happen to be at the ocean today, I might see you. Possibly. Doo-doo-doo!